Thank you for downloading this message from Grace Christian Fellowship. We pray that you receive encouragement from the study of God's Holy Word and that you will grow in the faith and understanding of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is me. I had to share this. This is in the prayer room. Some of you have seen this. I'm sure you've noticed this in the prayer room wall. If you've never been in the prayer room, then this is your first time seeing it. That was me. We had an event, and I'm just, I just want to set a context for today's message. We had an event a long time ago, uh, probably about 13 years or so ago, where we, we wanted to take people skydiving. If you had any interest in skydiving, you could sign up. And we had six people, <laughs> six bold, brave people go, and they brought three friends, and we went skydiving. And I, you know, the only stipulation for me was I didn't want to be attached to anybody. So if your first time skiving, you can go tan where you, you know, you click to somebody. I didn't want to be clicked to somebody because if there was an accident, I didn't want them to have to separate my bones from another human being's bones. Is this Jim? I don't know. Is this one Jim? I don't know. I just thought it'll be my own bones and, and then I can go guilt free. So that's me. Jason, uh, Jason Pascal was one of, uh, my brother was one in our plane. We had three people per plane. And uh, we had a great day. We spent the whole day getting ready for the jump before finally in the afternoon we got to do the jump. And getting ready was a lot of fun. It was a good time. But as we got closer and closer to the jump, faces started getting a little, little longer. You know, you know what I'm talking about? A little more uh, nerves started kicking in and the awareness of what people were doing. Even though we were excited, you could still feel it. You know, there was an adrenaline and, and it was a little nerve wracking because none of us had done it before and it was all new for us. I think, and I'm just going to dive into this here, this idea that I believe that there are several things that holds a believer back from a great walk with God. There's several things. And I suppose somebody could say, well, you know, I'll mention my, my, the things I've got in mind, but some of you may, maybe could add more, uh, and, and maybe add a lot, lot a bunch of other things that could, be, um, that could hold the believer back, but I've just got it narrowed down to three that I think are the big three. Are you ready? Number one, apathy. Lots of believers are held back from being the best they can be with God because, meh, whatever, you know, I got other things to do. I'm busy enough. I got this. I got that. Whatever. They start to blanket their life with God with apathy toward, toward him. They don't take his word seriously. It just stops them. It slows them down. They may show up for church, but it slows them down. You know what I'm talking about? Then there's another thing that holds people back, and this is a sad one to me because it's, it's how people choose to live. It's not how God defines things. People, there are people that are held back from doing what they can, having a life with God, because they can't get over the fact that God loves them just the way they are. They only see the worst in their own life. God can't love me. Look how messed, I up, look how messed up I am. Look how broken I am. Look how bad I am. Look how messed up my life's been. And they, they literally get stuck in this place. And they never do anything. They never advance with any real depth with the Lord because they just can't get past how messed up they are. It's serious, huh? But I know people like this. I've felt like this. I've had times in my life, where I, God, I'm not that, you know, I, I just, you know, what do I have to offer? That's a horrible thing because that's not at all what the Bible says. The Lord calls us because he loves us just the way we are. We don't never have to prove ourselves to him. We have to get over that. But the third thing that holds people back, really, and it may be the greatest of all of them, I don't know. 
But certainly it's a serious thing. It's fear. It's fear. Fear can hold us back. All right, we're going to read a passage here. Go ahead. Let me set a, let me set a, a, just a real brief context to this. Samuel is the prophet in the land. Saul is the king in the land. And there was, Saul was supposed to lead the army, the, the Israel arm, Israeli army, and they were going to lead them against the enemy. And, and the Lord said through Samuel the prophet, kill everything and everybody. Kill the babies, kill the men, kill the women, kill the sheep, kill the goats, kill the horses, kill the, just kill them all. Kill the camels, kill them all. Kill them, kill them, kill them, kill them. Don't spare a soul. Nothing, nothing. Now, this is the message from God through the prophet Samuel to the king. Saul didn't do it, by the way. He, uh, he wanted to spare a few things. He thought he had some good things going. So the word of the Lord came to Samuel. I regret that I have made Saul king. Could you imagine if God ever said that about you? I regret that I've made this person a believer. What was I thinking? Boy, if God says that, that's a serious thing. He said, I regret that I've made Saul king, for he has turned back from following me and has not performed my commandments. He has turned back and not performed my commandments. And Samuel was angry, and he cried to the Lord all night. See, Samuel wasn't even in this. He wasn't getting yelled at, but he was angry. and he was. You can imagine Samuel in this, just the angst that Samuel had in hearing this from God. And Samuel was angry. He cried all, to the Lord all night. And Samuel rose early to meet Saul in the morning. And it was told Samuel... Saul came to Carmel, which is a, it's a place, and behold, he set up a monument for himself and turned and passed on and went down to Gilgal. So, he, you know, on top of it, on top of disobeying what the Lord had wanted him to do, he made a monument for himself. That's crazy. Not only did he not listen, but he thought he was a really big deal. And Samuel came to Saul and Saul said to him, Blessed be you, to the Lord, I have performed the commandment of the Lord. Even through all that, Saul told Samuel that he did right. Let's keep reading. Uh, and Samuel said, What then is this bleeding of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of oxen that I, that I hear? Remember, he's supposed to kill everything. And Samuel calls him on it. I hear sheep and I hear oxen. Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen to sacrifice to the Lord your God, and the rest we have devoted to destruction. So here, you know, I love it. Why did you spare these things? Oh, we were going to sacrifice them to the Lord. He thought he was doing a good thing, but he wasn't. He's all mixed up. Saul is all mixed up. Then Samuel said to Saul, Stop, I will tell you what the Lord said to me this night. And he said to him, Speak. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you pounce on the spoil and do what was evil in the sight of the Lord? Why did you do that? Go ahead, Saul, start talking. Go ahead, Mike. Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and your words. Saul figures it out. Because I what? I feared the people and obeyed their voice. This was the king of Israel. He had already been proven successful in battles prior to this. People in Israel were following him. And he feared the people. He is the king. He feared the people. He knows of God. And he feared the people. Fear can be absolutely destructive to a believer's life. 
We could have a wonderful relationship with God. I mean, a really good relationship. And just let a little fear of something creep in there and blow it all out. You know what I'm talking about? It doesn't take much. Probably most of us in the room have some sort of fears. Now, some fears, and I just want to say this, there are some healthy fears. You know, if there's a cliff, if we're standing at the edge of a Grand Canyon, we're probably not going to try to balance on our heels on the edge of it because fear would tell us we may fall. And that's a healthy fear. Playing with fire, so to speak. That's a healthy fear. Some things are just crazy. I felt really okay jumping with my parachute because I was confident in the parachute. But if you would have said, Jim, just jump without the parachute and see how it goes, I'll display a healthy fear. You with me? Fear is not good. This, this kind of fear that Saul had is not good. It's a manipulation of life fear. It's very bad. Go ahead, Mike. I love that this is like, this kind of sets a 2 Timothy 1, 6. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. He's talking to young Timothy here. Work it into, get it going, which is in you. I was just thinking of our youth group here. which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God gave us the spirit, not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. Look, you, you're going to develop this gift in your life. Don't be prey to fear. God didn't give you the spirit of fear, but of power. He's talking about the life of a believer. I had an interesting thing happen just as I was ready to walk up to speak today. I went to get my notes, and I realized they're the wrong notes. These are my scrap notes from my desk. So I'm sharing some of this, and I will tell you, I am fearful. I am fearful. You understand what I'm seeing? saying? I, don't wanna, I do not want to mess this up. Fear can hold us back. We're not supposed to walk in this fear for the things that God has for us. We need to walk in boldness and we need to walk in confidence. And sometimes fear comes in different ways. Fear can manifest itself in unique ways. Not even directly like fear. For example, fear can cause us to not speak up. And we may say something like, well, I just don't want to cause problems. But the reality is it might be fear that's driving us to not speak up. Fear can cause us to not act. And we might say, no, no, I'm just trying to be cautious. Yes, but it might be fear that's driving that. And that's not healthy. That's not being cautious. That's being fearful. Fear might cause us to, to only see the, the, the wrong in things. Well, I just like to be prepared. No, that's being afraid to see where to go. Fear might cause us to do to say to not tell our friends and family about the Lord. Well, I'm just waiting for the right time. No, that's fear. Fear shows up in different ways. Fear can cause problems in marriages. Fear can drive one married person to the arms of somebody else. Because they say, I just, I feel rejected in my own house. I'm going to find it where I don't feel rejected. That's fear. Fear for a believer just can blow up the whole thing. Our whole walk with God. God, I want everything you have, but I just, I don't know if now's a good time for me to go for it. God, you, I've got this really good job, and I can't tell anybody, I can't be really clear in talking about God because I don't want to jeopardize that job. That's fear. You see where I'm going with this? 
Fear has no value for a believer. None. None. Where the Lord calls us into to doing things with him, he calls us to walk from that fear. Get, out, get past it. Don't be suckers to fear. You with me? Is it warm in here? Warm in here? All right, I don't know. It feels a little warm to me. But fear is a big thing. Oh, thank you, Jeff. Now, I'm going to tell you, that guy, Jeff Gavin, is the kind of deacon. We get, this is all the kind of deacons we have, have, actually. He just does things without being asked. I love that. We have ministry leaders like this, too. They just do things. Sometimes I'll be, I'll be speaking, and I'll see Lori. Lori leads our usher group, and she's just back there getting stuff done. And I'm thinking, wow, I wonder what she's doing. I really th- I thought, I just see her. I know she's busy, and I know she's doing stuff. She's not waiting to ask. I love it. Anyway, that's a whole tangent there. But fear could hold us back. Okay, now let's change gears a little bit. What about when we let go of fear and we take a step out? We've got a few things here happening. And I mean, people face fears and they just get it done with God. And I'm not talking about the kind of fear jumping out of a plane. They just get it done. They jumped out of a plane. I mean, the kind of fear where they get stuff done that you, they know God wants them to do. Mark, it was a bold thing to go to the village board and say, I would love to have a prayer day here in the city. That's a bold thing. And he did it. We have one guy yesterday. He, he was able to speak. He, 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 I'm just going gonna to tell you about Phil McCabe. So I don't know if you all know this. Phil McCabe is one of our deacons here. He's also a chaplain, uh, racing, a, race, a local racetrack chaplain. And this is a big deal. If you know anything about auto racing, they take the chaplains very seriously. There's a lot of reasons for it. So Phil, a couple years ago, he came and he said, you know, I kind of want to try this, this chaplain thing. And, and what do you think? Why not? He likes racing. He likes the Lord. It seems like a good combination. But it would require him to be in some very fearful positions. He'll have to speak to race drivers. He'll have to do things that it would take him way beyond his comfort zone. And he thought about it, he talked to his wife, and they agreed to do it. And he took some training, he became a chaplain a couple years ago. And yesterday, in the middle of all of his activities, he spoke to a group of bikers, and 14 people came to faith. 14 people. Because he didn't let fear keep him back. You ladies, you had a, you had a prayer night yesterday. I understand there were over 30, 30 ladies who were praying, you know, I say this a lot. We're, we're not a civic center. We're a church. We come together in the name of the Lord, and we want to do right in the name of the Lord. And prayer doesn't get any more right than seeking God. So you ladies, a number of you ladies got together yesterday, and you prayed here. 30-something ladies were praying. And I'll tell you, a lot of it is because my wife and the ladies on, who try to put the events together are, try, are taking really bold steps to fight their fear and put on functions that they think will honor God. We have Bob Halverson, who happens to be sitting here. None of these people know I'm going to say anything about him today. Bob Halverson, you know, <laughs> Bob came to me and Phil a while ago and said, hey, let's really look at the safety and security in our church building. Okay, Bob. Now, I won't go into Bob's whole resume, but I'm going to tell you, Bob is a whole lot more qualified than me or Phil put together to look at the safety and security in our building. And I said, Bob, I'd, I'd love to do it, but I think you're the guy. Oh. 
And he, but he took it on. He and I have met a number of times. We're putting all kinds of stuff in our building, security things. We met with people from the city, people from the county. Uh, this is an amazing security plan, but Bob took a step out. I could go on. There's a number of you who are taking a step out. The point is, don't let fear hold you back. Don't let anything hold it. We shouldn't let anything hold us back. Amen? No apathy. No sense of worthlessness. we got to get over that stuff. But fear is a big one. And it's the one that most people, we just kind of gloss over. Many of us have many things that we don't want to do. I don't like the dentist. Are there any dentists here? You're, you're not a dentist. I don't, I don't enjoy going to the dentist, you know. You lean back. I don't care if they, sometimes they put posters in the ceiling. That doesn't help me feel better if I see, you know, one, po- one had like a, a butterfly and it was landing on a leaf. And I remember thinking, this is not relaxing. It's a butterfly and a leaf. <laughs> but with the Lord, we can't let these things hold us back. We just can't do it. Now, I'm going to give you three steps that might help you maneuver. But I'll tell you, the biggest step is the, is the intentionality to not walk in fear. It's, ha- it's having the want to not walk in fear. The mental fortitude. Super simple in concept, but a lifetime to master. What's, what's interesting is we, we can read all through scriptures, all these different men and women who had fear, believers who had fear, and they would go through a situation and God would deliver them, find another situation, and they would have fear again. But they would do it. They would hang in there. They would go through it. And they would have another situation. They would have fear again. So a lot of times as a believer, we may go from fear stage to fear stage to fear stage to fear stage, but we can't let ourselves get stuck at any of those stages. And sometimes that happens. Sometimes people get stuck. So if you don't want to get stuck, if you want to get unstuck, if you want to start this mental journey, here we go, Mike, let's, let's read this first verse. 1 John 4, 17 through 18. By this love perfected with us, by this is... By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, as he is, so also are we in the world. There is no fear in love. Now, this is not talking about quite the same kind of fear, but what this is talking about is saying this. Look, as believers, we're going to stand before God in judgment day, and we don't need to have that same kind of fear that people have if they don't give their life to God. So if we're dealing with fear, we can start with a most practical thing. We have just ensured that we're going to have eternity with God. What else is there to, to really give us issues? I have eternity with God. So what? So I have a bad day. So things aren't going well at work. So my family is mad at me. I have eternity with God. We look at the end. It makes today seem not that big of a deal. If you're dealing with fear, just look at the end. Look at the end. Look past and think, well, I'm going to go to heaven. Is today that bad? The martyrs, all the martyrs, people who died for their faith, they could never have been martyred if they didn't see the end with heaven. They could never have gone through those types of deaths with the lions or the torture, all the things all through history and that are still happening in the world today. 
You know, it's funny. We hear lots and lots and lots about uh, suppressed people's groups in the world. Very little about Christians just trying to be Christians. But it's still happening. And they wouldn't be dying, and they wouldn't have died if they weren't thinking of the end first. There's most of the world people don't eat really well. In America, we go in a tizzy if our, if our refrigerator gets low. True? That's when I invite myself to my parents' house. <laughs> but we think of the end. Another thing, go ahead, Mike. Philippians 4, 6 or 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests remain known to God. With prayer. Prayer, 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 and supplication. There was an experience uh, in the scriptures of Jehoshaphat was a good king. He did right in the eyes of the Lord. Uh, He had some victories as king. And then there was at one point, many armies decided to just come and try and crush Jehoshaphat. And the Bible says he was afraid. So he took all of his people and they fasted and prayed. He was afraid and they responded by fasting and praying. Wow! They took it straight on the nose. God, I'm going to try to do something for you. It scares the stuffing out of me. So I think what I'm going to do is pray about it beforehand. And it sounds really simple. But I don't think many people do it. I really don't. I don't think they even remember. It's not that we don't think, we don't want to ask God. But I just, it's our nature to just do things ourselves sometimes. It's a good lesson. Thanks, Paul. Next one. Now, we have a slew of verses here. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. You know, all these speak to our faith. Fear and faith have a really difficult time coexisting. Faith will, or fear will suppress our faith, or faith will squish our fear. If we look at the scriptures and we think, we remember, God, you are, you are with me always. God, you are. Know the future. God, you are the source of my comfort. God, you will provide my needs. If we focus on that, we don't have much time for fear. But fear is a regular thing, and we have to know, we have to regularly stay in the Word. So the last several weeks, we've been talking about, I've been speaking on, Pastor Mike last week has been speaking on things like, um, as a church, how we move forward. As a church, how we move forward. And I can give you a very short and easy way of thinking of this. Are you ready? A church moving forward is because all of the individuals in the church are moving forward with God on their own. Then we come together as a church and we go, hey, how do we all move forward? Because you weren't suppressed by fear, 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 because you weren't suppressed by fear. That's how the church moves forward. We don't let apathy get us. We don't get this sense of, we don't fall prey to a sense of worthlessness and we don't let fear stop us. That's how a church moves forward. It's not an age thing either. Young or old, doesn't matter. Church moves forward as all of us move forward and we don't let that stuff stop us. It's as serious as we let it be in our life. Are you with me? There's You know, I I'm struggling with the right with the right words here. 
I think at different stages of life, and I'm just, this is a bit of an aside. You know, when I was a young man, I thought my career was important. And as I grew, I realized that my career wasn't as important as I thought it was. And some of you people know what I'm talking about. When I was a young man, I thought certain things were important. And as I started to grow, I realized they're not as important as I thought. And how many of you know what I'm talking about in anything? It's, it, it doesn't matter as much. It just doesn't matter as much. Everything has kind of this life blip, you know, where something we have to do something for a season. A career is for a season. School is for a season. Dating is for a season. There are things, our children at home are for a season. We have these blips in our life. And they're just seasons in our life. But the one thing that is not a season that goes on forever, it just widens like a trajectory, is what we do with God. I've seen people say, and they've been very candid, I'm going to focus on my career, then I'm going to start to focus on my ministry. And they think that career is one thing and ministry is a separate thing. But as a believer, it's all ministry. Whether it's ministry in the business world, ministry in a restaurant world, ministry in a hospital world, ministry in a church world, it doesn't matter. It's all ministry. We just don't have to use that ministry word because it sounds really church. And if you go to your boss and say, hey, I want to do some ministry here, they might think you're a little crazy. True? I kind of chat. Well, Judy, your boss won't think you're crazy. But, but I, I kind of challenge some of you to go to your boss and say, hey, I want to do some ministry here at work. Everything we do is, everything we do is ministry. Everything we do is for the Lord. And if we start to compartmentalize, that is a way sometimes, of letting fear creep in. It's a serious talk about vision. That's what this is. We're thinking down the way. How do we get to where God wants us to be? How do we get to that type of life? It's not about, I'm not telling you to, 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 to start a Bible study work. I'm not telling you to take more time upon. I'm just saying don't be a victim to fear. And this is how we move forward as a church. We all buy into it and do it collectively. And I don't, I don't say buy in like it's a game. We all just agree. Lord, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to be a victim of the fear. Show me the fear of my life so I can take it on because of you and your name and move forward. So please stand up if you would. By the way, you know, last week we talked about, or last time I spoke, two weeks ago, talked about the scripture in Psalm 92 where it says we can flourish like the palm trees, flourish like the palm trees. It's those storms that helps those palm trees flourish, which is true. It also says in the same verse, grow like a cedar, cedar in Lebanon. That is, it's a straight tree. You don't see a lot of gnarled cedars, by the way. They don't have a lot of knots in them. It's just a straight tree with deep roots that has a good smell and is a deliberate, slow growth process that doesn't get stopped. All we have to do is grow with a deliberate, slow growth process. And we'll be as big and mighty as can be. We don't have to worry about being done tomorrow. Just deliberate and slow. Let's pray. Lord God, I do thank you for the chance to be here as a congregational family, Lord. Show us, Holy Spirit, show us the places in our lives that we need to take on. We don't want to be victims to fear. And Lord, we just want to get the most out of the relationship with you that we can. We don't even know what that means. It's very difficult to pray the depths of that, Lord, because we're trying to figure out what else there is in the relationship with you.
We spend all of eternity trying to understand more and more and more of you. We learn a little bit more today, a little bit more tomorrow, all the way through, all the way through heaven, Lord. And we thank you for being a God that we never understand because if we did, Lord, what good would that be? You're a God of eternal mystery and eternal life lessons and eternal eternity lessons. Lord, I pray for blessings on people here. I know there's people going through hard times. I pray for help for them. I pray for people in the good times that they remember where the goodness comes from. That all of us together, Lord, that we move forward with you and we honor you in all ways. Thank you again for this house, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Thank you again for downloading and listening to this message from Grace Christian Fellowship. We are located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And if you are looking for a church to call home or would like to visit us for one of our services, please visit our site at gracecf.us for our location and service times. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and all peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit.